Hello, and welcome to another edition of Today's Nutrition, where we look at what is new in research, what is hot in the news, or anything that can affect our health, vitality, and longevity. You know by now that I am a huge advocate of restorative sleep. It's often ignored, mimicked minimized, and we all too often try to get by with as little as necessary, but it really is one of the foundations of good health. I have to admit, I have been really guilty of trying to get by on too little. I know, I know, sometimes it seems like it gets in the way of all the things we need to do, and heaven knows we try to get as much done as we can every day. So much on our list. Humans are the only animals, interestingly enough, that willingly put off sleep. And boy, we start that early. Any parent out there knows all the strategies and games our kids play trying to stay up just a little bit longer so they don't miss out on something great. As adults, we call that FOMO, fear of missing out. So today I'm going to give you the latest research on what good sleep is, how it's essential for health, what lack of sleep can cause, and finally, I'm going to give you some really good solid tips on what I have used to improve my quality of sleep. Since a third of our lives really is sleeping, we have to make that quality time so you can be happier, healthier, and also have a better brain. Like always, before I do these shows, I do a PubMed search on health and sleep. And oh my gosh, over 600 articles came up in one year alone. Incredible amount of research on what happens to the body when we sleep or don't sleep. There are publications in The Lancet, the British Medical Journal, and JAMA, among many other really high-quality journals. Sleep is fast being realized as a really important part of lifestyle medicine. You can eat right, you can exercise, you can reduce your stress, but if you cut your sleep short, you're setting yourself up for health problems and even more, as you're going to see. The 2017 Nobel Prize was given to researchers on the circadian rhythm, the sleep-wake cycle. You know, it shows that we're really genetically programmed for sleep. They discovered this little protein that builds up in your cells at night that encourages sleep and that it dissolves during the day. So we're really designed to sleep. And in just one night of deprivation, there are biological signs of deterioration. The word used in research on disease is causal, not correlational. And this is a huge distinction. That means when it's causal, that is directly associated to disease. Increased risk making you old. Diabetes, heart disease, cancer, dementia, memory loss. There is just tons of research on sleep, also on leadership skills, resilience, risk-taking. So much interesting stuff. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself, but okay. So what is good sleep? First, I guess we have to talk about quality versus quantity, and that is a critical concept. It, it has to do the different phases of sleep. 
to have really good quality sleep. And there are several cycles of sleep where the brain activity actually repeats. If you really want to dive in and measure your own, there is so much technology these days that measures your sleep quality. You've got apps you know, on your phone, you've got watches, even beds. Yeah, beds that measure your sleep cycles. And then there's a ring called the Aura Ring, O-U-R-A. And that measures all your sleep cycles and other things, even your temperature, pretty cool. I have struggled with sleep, you know, and I got this Aura Ring a couple years ago and it's really helped me tweak my sleep routine. So now it's only occasionally that I get a poor night's sleep and I always know what caused it now. So it really, it is so important to ha have good sleep. I mean, it is a third of your life, so you gotta get a good night's sleep. So when you look at the different phases, you've got the falling asleep phase, and that's when the electrical activity starts slowing down. Then you've got the stage two, which light sleep. And that is really important for learning and memory consolidation. All of these are really essential, but they, they all have different things that they accomplish. And then you've got the deep, slow wave sleep. And it's super important because that's when your body is restoring, it's healing, it's releasing growth hormone for a 24-hour all-time high. You are repairing. It's the anti-aging phase. So you got to love that. I try to get two hours of deep sleep every night. It's a stretch, but oh, such great rewards. I can always tell when I've had my best deep sleep. And lastly, it's the REM sleep. That's the rapid eye movement that you've heard of all the time. It's when you dream. You know, it is when in the REM cycle that the mind restores and that has profound physical ramifications. REM sleep is directly tied to mortality. In the 80s, they did a study on these poor rats, and it'd be probably illegal now, but they sleep deprived these rats of REM sleep till they died. And they found REM sleep was as important as total sleep. If rats were de deprived of REM sleep, they died just as fast as if they were deprived of total sleep. That's important ramifications. If you want longevity, REM sleep is important. In fact, during REM, your brain burns more calories than it does in full wakefulness. It's like you're doing, you know, calculations. It's burning more calories when you're dreaming. So we need to protect that REM sleep. And the biggest robber of REM is caffeine. You know, People drink a lot of coffee, caffeinated beverages, caffeinated supplements. You know, if you have caffeine afternoon, you are putting REM sleep at risk. You know, and sleep, it's affecting every organ, you know, every disease state. Everything you do is you're going to do better in a good night's sleep. So you really have to protect that REM sleep. You know, all of them, immune system, hormonal system, cardio, everything. That's big. In fact, that Nobel Prize was given in the circadian rhythm, wake, sleep cycle. They found cancer cells divide faster when a patient is sleep deprived. You can go four days without water, a long time without food, but six days without sleep and you start to, well, a lot of people die.
So it has a lot of other effects. Effects on metabolism, on weight loss. Sleep deprivation shows your metabolism slows down. And also, if you're not sleeping right, it's going to make you hungrier. Research shows a direct correlation to going to bed later, not getting enough sleep, and obesity. Stress hormone cortisol goes way up, so you crave sugar. You, you, you really just want sweet things. A lot of research on that one. 20% increase in the hunger hormone ghrelin and a big dip in the satiety hormone leptin, so you're never full. Always hungry, never full. So you want to just keep eating. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks in between, snack before you go to bed. All the time you want to eat. Also, food choices. The more sleep-deprived you are, the more junk food you crave. You drink, you crave carbs to raise serotonin, reduce cortisol. There was a study done on sleep-deprived people that were given a choice of good, healthy food, as much as you want, or some bad food. Every time the people chose the junk, sugary food. So big tip for weight loss is to get eight hours of restorative sleep. Newest research is finding a lot of effects on the endocannabinoid system. So, you know, that's that's the one with the THC, the marijuana, the the CBD. So no wonder it makes you cut weight gain. You know, it you get the munchies. So there's other studies on gambling because it makes you take risks more. That's like Las Vegas knew this all along. That's why they have bright lights. So you never know what time it is. There was also, I love this, there was this fascinating study by Erickson. It's called the Maestro Study. They found the most brilliant, most creative people slept at least eight and a half hours every night, some of them up to 11 hours. You know, so it makes me wonder if if I should sleep an hour longer, if I would have brilliant ideas. Okay, so I don't know. But other effects, testosterone drops, like you are 10 years older if you lose an hour and a half of sleep. Women, hormones drop. Cognitive function, we sl- we think slower, we react more slowly. Emotions, depressed, anxious. They did a study, several in fact, that if you're given a neutral stimulus, not negative, not positive, you are much more apt to rate it as negative. So maybe negative nellies just aren't sleeping well. So many negatives if we don't get a good night's sleep, and nightly too, because you really can't catch up on sleep. Everything you do, you're going to do better with a good night's sleep. So let's talk about what we need to ensure a good, full cycle of sleep, including the REM. So first of all, I highly encourage a sleep routine. Same waking and sleeping time every night, maybe hot shower, reading a little bit before you go to bed, nice calming routine. Second thing, caffeine. Got to keep that out. A lot of people think they can they can have a cup of coffee or pop late at night and it doesn't affect their sleep. Well, I go to research and research shows that if you have caffeine, there's this half-life for your liver to detox it, eight to 10 hours. So if you're having 150 milligrams of caffeine, eight hours later, you still have 75 milligrams. And that's enough to affect REM sleep. You can fall asleep, but it's not going to be restorative sleep that we need. So it's really best to stop caffeine at noon if you want good sleep. Third thing, alcohol. 
takes a long time to process alcohol. So if you're going to have a drink, have it with supper. And then you can get your best quality sleep. You know, many people think that drink having a drink is going to help them sleep, but it interferes with the REM cycle, restoring the body and mind, you know. So, you know, and I can tell you, if I've had a glass of wine in the evening, it's going to be till 2 a.m. till my body recovers. And that's just not going to give you good restorative sleep. So you got to gotta keep that in mind. Fourth thing, exercise. It's kind of that yin-yang thing, you know, 20 to 25, 30 minutes daily is going to improve sleep quality. You've got to active so that you can have the relaxing, the, the quiet, the calm. But just don't exercise in the evening. That's going to kind of stimulate you. An important one, number five, avoiding phone and electronics a few hours before bedtime. You know, computers and TVs and tablets and phones, all those things have blue light, even LED lights that we have anymore. That's going to kind of simulate bright morning light, makes you alert, makes you wake up. So it's like caffeine for the brain, and it suppresses melatonin, the sleep hormone. So don't even surf for a few minutes. You know, if you have to, if you have to be on the computer, have to be doing things, I highly recommend getting some of those blue blocker glasses. I mean, you can get them for, no 20 bucks off of... Uh, most places. So at the very least, you can put your phone on night mode. So it sort of uh, dampens down the blue light and it's it's going to simulate more of the yellow golden light at, that you have later in the day. Uh, sixth thing is to get bright light in the morning. No glasses, sunglasses, contact lenses, because the bright morning light sort of sets the circadian rhythm for the day. The pituitary gland is super affected by light. So, you know, affecting that blue light, use it in the morning to make you alert and shut it off later in the day so that you can relax and sleep. So those are the six basics. But if you really struggle, focus on deep breathing. I like the four, seven, eight technique, you know, where you inhale four, hold for seven, exhale for eight, that is really good. And that's one of the things that I first started using. And it it takes time, but it really works. I, I you know, after a while of doing that, and, you know, you'd, you'd do it for, I don't know, five minutes, 10 minutes. After a while, you wouldn't even make it through one cycle. I, I love it. So I love that. Uh, puts you in the parasympathetic mode quickly. Navy SEALs even use this technique to quickly decompress. Love it. Or, you know, you can take a hot shower, um, change in, in temperature can trigger drowsiness. So another thing, keeping the bedtime environment um, set so that you are going to be able to sleep better. We know a silent bedroom, a dark bedroom, a cool bedroom. So you might need an eye mask, might, you know, the, keeping it cool, super important. So you do these things and I can about guarantee you that your sleep quality will improve. But aside from reducing stress, that's going to reduce melatonin, that sleep hormone. I guess I have to tell you a little bit about this because, you know, in the last few years, this pandemic has had a huge effect on this. The wake-sleep cycle circadian rhythm is based on two hormones, cortisol and melatonin. Cortisol is considered a stress hormone, but we need a little bit of this to make us alert during the day. 
supposed to fall off at night so that melatonin can take over and make you drowsy. But if you have too much stress, the cortisol stays high and you can't relax. You stay alert and no amount of melatonin you take is going to work. In that case, you need to work on stress management. You know, you may want to look into some herbs, supplements that are relaxing. I love valerian, hops, skullcap, L-theanine, magnesium, so many. They can help with a good night's sleep, but really looking into the stress is very important. Good night's sleep will definitely affect your health, vitality, and longevity. It's the basis of a healthy lifestyle. And it's not an area you can ignore if you really want to be truly well. So thanks for listening to another edition of Today's Nutrition. I hope you learned something that will help you or someone you love. Remember, you can listen to this or other episodes of Today's Nutrition on iTunes or on my website, debford.com. Subscribe, like, and share. Have a great day and an even better night's sleep.